Welcome back to Boozy Bracketology, home of strong drinks, strong opinions, and crowning champions. I am your host, I am Marissa, and tonight we are kicking off our best 80s movie bracket in the action portion. Now say hello to my little friends. See, I knew it wasn't going to go well. <laughs> oh, I love that. That was awesome. Heading over to the Lone Star State, we've got our favorite verbose panelist, Stephen. How you doing tonight? Well, I'm fine. You're using large words just to trick me, <laughs> and I will not fall for that. I'm going to sit back here, recline, and crack open a delicious Dr. Pepper, strawberries and cream, zero sugar. Ooh. Very nice. Mixing it up tonight. <laughs> Tastes like candy. I'd be worried if it didn't. <laughs> well, there are multiple types of cream it could taste like, to be fair. Oh, dear oh, wow. God. Lord save me. <laughs> Next, we've got a new voice. To boozy bracketology john how are you tonight what how are you tonight and how what's in your glass uh i'm doing well tonight and nothing is yet in my glass because i have yet to pour it but i will be mm-hmm. having even because it's a school night i can only have one uh, i'll be having a knob creek smoked maple whiskey Ooh. Ooh. good pop too now john while i've got you on is there anything that you want to tell the boozy listeners about if you like trivia, and I assume you do, because even though this this is not exactly trivia, but there is a sister podcast here that is trivia, uh, you might like my podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown. Um, at least uh, two of the panelists on this show have been on my show, and a couple of guys from Boozy Bracketology has also been on. Uh, Tim and Mike, I think, have been on? Yep. yep. So go check that out. You can go to bfopnetwork.com to find it. Very nice. And heading on over, we've got Brian joining us. Good evening. Um, let's see. I'm out in, in Muscatine, Iowa. I, you've heard me talk before about geek trivia. Thursday nights on Twitch at LK Jeremy uh, is the Twitch stream channel. Uh, me and my good friend Jeremy run uh, geek trivia. Uh, Thursdays, are, we start around 9.30 to 10 o'clock p.m. Central Time. After Jay Borson finishes her game, everybody comes over there and does that. Yeah, I know, Chris. It's it's way too late for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're old. Wait, I'm like way older than you. But anyway, uh, tonight I am drinking. Uh, this is from the Lakefront Brewery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, this is their barrel-aged Imperial Raspberry Vanilla Ale. And there's a good uh, bottle cap pop. That'll do. Very nice. Y'all could, just he literally it. swished it around his mouth before yeah. he took a sip. <laughs> I thought he was gargling Listerine for a second. <laughs> Got to get the whole experience. Tonight, we have another new opinion joining us. We've got Michael. 
How are you, Michael? And what's in your glass? Hello, everyone. Uh, happy Monday evening. Uh, what's in my glass? Well, I have uh, to do a bunch of blood work in the morning, so it would be just some lovely uh, zero sugar orange sunkissed. Uh, keeping it tame tonight. Hey, we all got to do it sometimes. Sure. <laughs> Finally, let's go check in with a man who is known for his controversial opinions. Chris, how are you? I got a feeling we're going to get into a couple of those really early on in this bracket, so uh, we'll see. <laughs> but I got myself a bottle here of, uh, Marissa, this bottle is no shock to you, uh, Yellowstone hand-picked collection from Sunshine Liquors. This was a 40th birthday present from our own Marissa and Jeff. Uh, clocks in at 115 proof. So I'm going to pour myself a, a couple shots worth. And uh, <laughs> I just I just popped this bottle for this bracket. It seemed appropriate. So well, let's see. Oh. Hopefully it doesn't suck. It does not. Damn. <laughs> Nicely done, Yellowstone. Um, I want to give a shout out to my wife. Uh, today, on this day, 14 years ago, we went on our first date. Aw. Well, you're, you're going to feel even sadder when you realize we went to see Wolverine. X-Men World with Wolverine. <laughs> No. Oh no. There was a oh, second date. One. That was the first date. There was a second date. Yes, there was oh, a wow. second date. That's amazing. Right. Uh, she's actually she actually got mad at me after our first date because I told her when we were on that date that I couldn't I didn't want to wait. I was nervous seeing the date seeing that movie with a date because I'm a comic book guy. And so I actually went the night before to see it. <laughs> and then I realized I had to sit to that crash again. Oh no. Oh, no. It's all right. She's still married to me. So, hey, life is uh, life is good. Well, that's true love. She should have known right then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, tonight I have. Um, it's been a while. Those who know me, I'm a sucker for a rye. Uh, I have a rye three whiskey um, cask strength private reserve from Sunshine Liquors that I am also drinking. And this is one of my favorites. Nice pop. Yeah, don't kill that bottle yet. I haven't tried it. Oh, no. It's, it's got a good amount. I, I haven't know, killed I've it yet. I've seen you drink. <laughs> <laughs> There's Jeez, like half Chris, the bottle there, man. Me. My gosh. It's, uh, it's quite tasty. She drinks all that tonight. This is going to be a fun show. Uh-huh. That's solid. All right. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. <laughs> Let's jump in to tonight's action portion of the bracket. Our first game is a play-in between a view to kill and octopusy. Steven. Tough choice because these are um, not the worst Bond film but uh, two of the three worst Bond films that we could possibly have picked. Um, they're, they're very much a testament to playing a role far too long. Um, that's true in both cases. Uh, I, I know that in A View to a Kill, there's that little girl Bond hooks up with at the ski shop, and um, it, it, her mother was not quite as old as James Bond was at that point. That's that's why he actually hung it up finally. Um, so now that we have that disgusting trivia out, 
let's go ahead and evaluate these films. And there's clearly, as bad as both of these films are, there's only one of these that has a Christopher Walken at his Christopher Walkenness, And it's got Duran Duran at the front. As much as we all love All Time High, as much as All Time High is a great song, you can hear it in your head now, and you can see yourself, you're in like a wood-paneled room, there's a fire going, and there's like a bearskin rug laid out, and All Time High just keeps playing forever. It doesn't loop. The song just keeps going forever. As much as you want that, you're going to go with Duran Duran and the insanity that is A View to a Kill. A View to Kill? A View to a Kill. Right? Is that what it is? Yes. (laughs) A View to a Kill picks up its first point. John. So before this bracket, I had actually not seen any of these Bond films. Those are the only ones on here I actually had to watch. I had to watch all four of them. And I got to find out who I got to beat up to find out why I had to watch these four fucking films. Uh, because it was the biggest waste of my time in my life. They all suck. I do not care how many. I, I cannot be any more apathetic towards who wins any one of these. So in the interest of drama, I'm going to go ahead and vote for Octopussy. Octopussy, pick it up a point. Brian. Okay. John is not pulling a, a, pulling any punches. <laughs> Coming out swinging hard. Um, well, all I can really say about Octopussy is that it had uh, Maude Adams as Octopussy and there's some stuff happened and I don't, I don't remember really much anything else that happened in that film view to a kill. Steven stole a lot of my thunder. Uh, you got Christopher Walken. You've got, uh, Duran Duran. I mean, it's, it's the one with the, with the awesome snowmobile and the skiing and the, the, the whole fight scene going down the, the snows, in the Alps and the whole thing. And that was pretty awesome. Um, you've got Tanya Roberts, you've got Grace Jones and Allison. Uh, good God. That woman screams duty <laughs> from, <laughs> from, uh, yeah, <laughs> from the, uh, Indiana Jones also. So yeah, this was, this was very quick and easy. This is a view to a kill octopusy. You're licked. <laughs> a view to a kill picks up at second point. Oh. And you beat it in a minute. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Under a minute. <laughs> it's like one right. category for us to get there. out of control. <laughs> one category. Congratulations, guys. A view to a kill has two points. Octopussy, one. Michael. Um. I, I always thought I would agree with Brian on a lot of movies. I think we're of the, the same sentiment that way. I never thought I would agree with Steven on a bunch of stuff. This, this, that's a first. But um, yeah, he Steven stole all the thunder. Brian reiterated It's one of my favorite Duran Duran songs, period, believe it or not. Um, it, it does have the wonderful uh, Tanya Roberts. Uh, you're missing out on the excellence that is Grace Jones in this film. And yes, Christopher Walken uh, just 
chewing up a bunch of scenery. Fun fact, it's the first James Bond I ever saw when I was a ripe six years old. Uh, so it will always have a special place in my heart. Uh, Octopussy has no such distinction. Like Brian said, I barely remember a thing about it. Uh, and yeah, this is an easy A View to a Kill for me. A View to a Kill is going to be moving on to the bracket. But Chris, we still need to hear from you. In the grand scheme of things, neither of these movies mean jack squat. They're not good movies. With all of that being said, I'm going to go with the one that's the most memorable to me. And the memorability of this falls squarely on the shoulders of three men. Two men chasing one man through the woods. The two men are assassins, and they're trying to kill this person by throwing knives at them. Oh, did I mention they're chasing a circus clown through the woods? <laughs> two assassins wielding knives, not guns, are chasing a circus clown through the woods, and they end up killing him by throwing knives at him until he falls down dead in the water. Oh, yeah, he got away with a Fabergé egg as well. Uh, rest in, ple- rest in peace, uh, 009. 008? It doesn't matter. Roger Moore's Bond are some of my least favorite. They are the silly Bonds. It's not good Bonds. Uh, by the time we made both of these, we always talk about like what would it be like to have an old Bond? Like let's bring Sean Connery back, have an old Bond. We don't need that. We already had Roger Moore as sixty-seven years old chasing people and trying to make out with twenty-year-olds. I'm done. Uh, Octopussy to me is more memorable. It's not a good movie. Neither of them are. I don't give a flip about Duran Duran. I'm not a music guy. Octopussy gets my vote. Octopussy loses to a view to kill you to a kill. I will get it right. I promise. (laughs) Uh, Our second play in is license to kill versus the living daylights. John. Of the age where I've been showing him more movies. Um, One of my other podcasts, we review movies and stuff and he likes to watch these old stuff with me. So when I told him I needed to watch some bond films, he wanted to watch at least one with me, and so he watched it with me, and we spent the entire time making fun of it, and only for that reason of the bonding time with my son, I'm going to pick The Living Daylights, because that's the one he watched with me, and that's the one that we made fun of together, and that at least made a memory, which is more than I can say for License to Kill. Living Daylights picking up a point. Brian. Brian. All right, so this one, for me, is a little harder choice. Um, the Timothy Dalton's going head-to-head like this. Living Daylights, you've got John Reese davies You've got Joe Don Baker as one of the bad guys. Uh, Miriam Diabo, or Dabo? Diabo. Dabo. Um and Jerome Crab, who I had to look him up, he was the bad guy in The Fugitive, the movie. That's the only other thing I know him from. Um, License to Kill, you've got Robert Davi as the bad guy. All right, uh, that's that's pretty good. Benicio del Toro as a young man, that was that's that's not bad. Priscilla Barnes, and you've got Wayne Newton, and. That was kind of interesting, but then I, but then I also spotted, I I was not aware of this song and I had to go listen to this song. Uh, The theme music for the living daylights was done by aha, 
which blew my mind. I had no idea. This this is not an easy choice. Um, but I I think AHA, despite the way Newton, I think AHA is going to push it just a little bit over the top. I will go with the Living Daylights. Living Daylights up too. Michael. Uh, so I also have a, a special association with one of these movies um, being God, 11 or 12 at the time it came out. I think 11. Uh, this was the first movie that my brother was ever forced uh, to take me to as a means of babysitting. And I got to go to Taco Bell for the very first time after seeing License to Kill. And I thought that was glorious. That has nothing to do with these films, but it's just a fun memory for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm more intended to go for License to Kill because uh, Robert Dobby's bad guy is just flat out batshit cocaine insane. Uh, there's a giant oil tanker explosion, which is always fun. And they tried to feed the Felix Leiter to sharks. That's just some Bond zaniness for you. Uh, the fun thing I remember about Living Daylights, uh, besides Miriam Dabo Sweeney, uh, I've adopted that as a nickname for her, uh, is doesn't he ride a viola case down like a mountain at one point, like trying no. to get away from the, a cello case? That's what it is. I forget what instrument she played. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're generic Bond movies. I think Dalton had figured it out a little bit more by the time License to Kill came out. He was a little more comfortable. So, yeah, I'm going to go License to Kill. License to Kill won't be shut out. Chris? To me, this is actually interesting, if for no other reason than uh, Stephen is well known for saying that Timothy Dalton is the best Bond, and he is the last person to go in this part of the bracket. (laughs) Um, It's, what, two to one right now for what? Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. it. Two to one. For which one? Uh, the living daylights. Okay. So to me, these are two just fundamentally different bond films. You had all the, you had all the silliness with Roger Moore. And then, you know, Timothy Dalton comes on and, um, license, uh, not license to kill a living daylights is more of a standard bond film. It gets back more to the, the Sean Connery version of bond, which I really like. There's the gadgets, there's the gizmos, but there's more action. It's more of a direct and it's more serious. Then you get to license to kill and it turns the Bond franchise a little bit on its head because it, it actually falls more in line with On Your Majesty's Secret Service, where it's much more of a revenge film. And to me, that's just more interesting. I've seen I've seen uh, Living Daylight. I've seen movies like that with Connery. License to Kill was just a, a more unique view. And with that, I'm going License to Kill. Let's pass it to Steven. We're tied up. Steven. So here's why Timothy Dalton is the best Bond. He's not necessarily in the best Bond films, but he is the best Bond because he plays it correctly. He plays James Bond as a character that's actually very deeply emotionally connected in the universe that he's living in, but because he lives such a shitty life where everyone dies, he has to put on a false exterior of the asshole misogynist Bond. That's why he's the best Bond. He's the only one that reaches for that, and it's the obvious way to take the character because it's the most interesting one. These films, it's very easy to pick one. One is much, much better than the other. Um, What you need to know, I'm actually a huge Bond fan. I don't know if you can pick that up yet. 
But every single Bond film except Dr. No is an extreme overreaction to however the audience received the last one. If they liked it, they do the same thing again and double down. If they didn't like it, you get the exact opposite. And these films are an exact testament to that. You're coming right off of the insanity that is A View to a Kill. So you get The Living Daylights, which is this very down-to-earth, super 80s action movie. That one, people say it's a little too dark. So you get this slightly more campy, weird Wayne Newton thing with License to Kill. That's the main difference between them. And if you're going to pick which one is better for Timothy Dalton, there, there's no... There's no choice it's it's the first one you have to go with the living daylights it's, it's the better film it's more action beats per minute it's got a lot more interesting set piece and it's the reason why the taliban is still our friends to this very day god damn it the living daylights we're gonna get sued <laughs> the living rather... daylights is gonna be moving on into the bracket i'd rather get sued than bombed <laughs> oh god Hey, trivia lovers, want to get the pub trivia experience in an interactive way? Check out Liquid Courage Entertainment. With a wide range of offerings online, LK has you covered, streaming a wide variety of trivia games on Twitch with one-of-a-kind formats like Tringo, Guestimate, Mega Sheep, and more. Or check out the World Trivia Federation. With 36 hours to answer each quiz and no obligation, the WTF is the perfect solution to scratch that trivia itch on your own time. Come see us at twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage or check out patreon.com slash liquid courage to join the WTF for as little as $2 a month. That's liquid courage with a K. Innovative, interactive, intoxicating. Our next play-in game is Mad Max 2 versus Thunderdome. Brian? Oh God, I got to lead this one off. Um, this is, this is a, a tough choice between the two best Mad Max films of the eighties. Uh, well, up and up until the fourth one, the fourth one is hands down the best Mad Max movie for, for what Mad Max is in that universe. Um, all right. You've got the road warrior. You've got Lord Humongous. You've got what's his name with the assless chaps and the and the thing sticking up from his head. Um, you've got the the wonderful truck chase scene where well it, it's it's the eighties so if you if we're doing if you're if you haven't seen this and you're worried about spoilers, you should not be listening to this bracket. Uh, the he's driving the truck, the the decoy truck that he doesn't even know is a decoy, um, which was just an epic finale to that. Then you've got Thunderdome. You've got the wonderful uh, Tina Turner in, in forty pounds of chainmail dress. You've got Master Blaster. You've got all the kids. And that wonderful language they created for the kids was just so freaking cool. Uh, and the whole mythos around the, the walker. This is, this is just almost a coin flip for me because I love both of these movies very much. But I think if I'm going to just throw one in to watch again and again, 
I think it's going to be Thunderdome. I, I'm going three over two. Thunderdome. Picking up a point. Michael. Uh, as as most people who know me know, I'm a giant professional wrestling fan, so I should pick uh, Road Warrior uh, just based off of the famous tag team and the fact that uh, Sid Vicious uh, was named Lord Humongous for his first uh, career in Memphis. However, with that said, this comes down to six words. Two men enter, one man leave. This this is Thunderdome in a walk to me. Plus, uh, we don't need another hero. One of the best songs of the 80s. And, and that's your Thunderdome anthem. Aunt Tina killed it. Yeah, we're related. Look it up. Uh, that, <laughs> actually, I can't prove that. But uh, we're going to go with it. No, this is Thunderdome easy for me. Another one for Thunderdome. Chris? If I'm going to watch one of these two movies again, I'm going to put an octopusy into my DVD player because I don't give a <laughs> shit about Mad Max. There isn't. I've seen all of these movies, and while you know the practical effects are wonderful, I, I love it. Um, I have just had a, just a, a hell of a time connecting to any of the characters this side of Furiosa. Uh, it, it's never been my jam. It really hasn't. Uh, Natalie, if you're listening, I know you're from Australia. This is probably like your Bible. I'm sorry. I'm just not a Mad Max fan. Um. <laughs> uh, Thunder Beyond Thunderdome is the more memorable film. I think the action sequences are just a little more entertaining. I guess if I'm forced to watch one again, it'll be Beyond Thunderdome, but I really don't care. Wait, what was your pick? Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> okay. Steven. Well, first, I'd like to start by apologizing to all of our Australian listeners that Chris believes that Mad Max is your Bible, and apparently you travel to work each day in the pouch of a kangaroo. <laughs> Those are not necessarily the views of Boozy Bracketology. Um, but all you bastards, you got to get beyond Thunderdome. It's not that good a movie. It's 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 all right. There are entertaining set pieces, but it does not hold together. There's no real plot. It's got a cool two-man enter, one-man leave. I get it, but there's way more character and development and much better story with much bigger, better stakes in Road Warrior. You got to go with Mad Max too, despite the fact that we've chosen wrong already. Mad Max will not be shut out. We still need to hear from John. Um, yeah, so this is an easy pick for me. I mean, it doesn't really matter at this point. Um, but uh, I I can't uh, belay this opportunity to take uh, Steven's pick and shove it into the ground. Uh, Mad Max 2 is not the better movie. Thunderdorm is much more memorable. Uh, be damned your character development Beyond Thunderdome wins Beyond Thunderdome moving on and now let's get into the nitty gritty your first matchup of the action portion of the best 80 movie, 80s movies bracket is your one seed Aliens going against your 16 seed Roadhouse Michael Oh, good God almighty. Oh, where do you even begin? Um, I mean, James, James Cameron's seminal 1986 picture, probably one of the first science fiction pictures I saw, like late, late at night when I'm supposed to be sleeping and your parents are like, you know, what's that screaming? It's, oh, it's, it's the TV. Everything's fine. Little girl's about to die. 
Um, God, so, you know, Bill Paxton just chewing up every bit of scenery he's in. Game over. All the memes. The Ripley's loader suit. Everything about this movie is so memorable. And yet, how can you not vote for the power of Dalton? Just bouncing people left and right. I I also remember watching this movie when I was 10 years old and having a friend's parents come in the room right during the sex scene and going, what the hell are you boys doing? Uh, Kelly, Kelly Lynch left a very memorable impression to a 10-year-old child, let me tell you. Uh, this movie has, if you're an action movie fan, Roadhouse has everything you want. It's just literally ripping out a guy's neck for fun. Just violence, language, nudity, the epitome of an R-rated picture. Uh, yeah, Aliens is a better picture by far. Roadhouse is my favorite. I'm voting for 16. Roadhouse, picking up a point. Chris? I'm scared. <laughs> because I came into this ex- knowing that I was going to explain why Aliens was in the action movie bracket, not in the horror bracket, not in the sci-fi bracket. But because it's, of the of the three, it feels more like an action movie than it does anything else. Although it is an alien, so sci-fi would have made sense. And then someone voted for Roadhouse? You kidding me roadhouse no 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 the only way you could say roadhouse deserves to to beat aliens is if you actually go past aliens and you find out what that bastardization of the canon did to newt screw that (laughs) justice for newt aliens is one of the best movies ever made it legitimately is it is haunting it is beautiful it is from an action movie standpoint a phenomenal movie. Game over, man. This is Aliens. We're tied up. Steven. Well, I came in here intending to give my overwhelming support to Aliens in this matchup, but then Chris said it, so I might be thinking incorrectly. Give me a moment <laughs> to work through this. Uh, no, this is the Aliens. It's Aliens is the reason why we have director's cuts. Aliens, uh, it legitimized science fiction in a way that few films have i mean there were academy award nominations for that film um aliens still holds up because the practical effects are so fucking amazing it's one of those films that not only do i love but for a long time it was my background film that i would just throw on over and over that i've bought in that film i've bought it in on vhs dvd blu-ray uh i i own a digital copy of it now it is a tremendous monumental film it's clearly an action film it's in the right category um and it is what cinema can achieve in a way that few films are it wholeheartedly gets my vote oh and roadhouse it would really hurt to fuck up against a brick wall so there's a disqualifier right there (laughs) aliens takes the lead john so both of these movies have if there was a 100 most common quotes from movies that John uses in his daily life. Both of these films would show up one for, I want you to be nice until it's time to not be nice. And of course, get away from her, you bitch. But in the grand scheme of things, there is only one correct answer. And that is aliens. And I'll just leave it at that. 
Aliens is moving on, but we still need to hear from Brian. John, you legitimately stole both of the quotes I was just about to throw <laughs> out there, man. <laughs> um, I I love Roadhouse. Uh, a, a lifetime ago, I was a security officer for a casino. Our boss in a team meeting showed us that clip of Roadhouse. Your job is to be nice. And he made us all watch this and, and and this is what you need to do. I'm like, I'm sitting back in the back going, what the hell? It was awesome. Uh, I love Patrick Swayze. I miss Patrick Swayze. Uh, this is, this is Patrick Swayze at some of his Patrick Swayzeist, but it's still only like my third favorite Patrick Swayze flick. Um, but as much as I love the man, this is fucking aliens, man. Uh, get away from her, you bitch. I, I, they only come out at night, mostly. Mostly. I, my best friend and I can, can just look at each other and go, mostly. And we, <laughs> we know that this movie is so quotable. So many good things in here. Nuke it from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. And that's what's happening to Roadhouse. Roadhouse is getting nuked from orbit. We're going to say goodbye to Roadhouse. But I don't think any of us are really too upset. Uh, Neil just turned off the podcast. <laughs> I did it for you, Neil. <laughs> Our next matchup in this region is a view to a kill versus the living daylights. Chris. Marissa, I have good news. What? You're never going to say that title again. This is clearly <laughs> the living daylights and move it on, please. Thank fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all you're going to give us? <laughs> Okay, Stephen. So the question is, how dumb is a view to a kill? Um, The villain in a view to a kill plans to corner the microchip market by destroying Silicon Valley, a place where they do not make microchips, but they use microchips to make computers. His plan is to kill the people that would buy the thing he's trying to corner the market on. That is how poorly written that film is. It's so poorly written that Gene Siskel figured out that plot hole. And if Gene Siskel can figure it out, you wrote a bad movie. Give it to the Living Daylights. Living Daylights, pick it up at second point. John. I'm not going to prolong the drama on this one. Um, I mentioned before I really could not care which one of these movies was going to win in any one of these brackets. Um, but at least The Living Daylights had something that I was able to connect with. So that's the one that gets my vote. Living Daylights will be moving on. But we still want to hear Brian's opinion. Brian's opinion is Roger Moore was making out with a girl young enough to be his daughter, if not granddaughter. So Living Daylights, just for for no other reason than that. And Michael? Uh, my opinion is completely invalid, uh, but yeah, for argument's sake, uh, Dalton, greater sign, more uh, Living Daylights moves on. Living Daylights going to sweep a view to a kill right on out of here. And we're headed over to our next portion of this action section of the bracket. That was a really poorly worded sentence. Your next matchup is your number five seed, Escape from New York. Versus number 12, Commando. And we're back at the top, Steven. Oh, god damn it. This one's actually kind of a hard one. Um, 
because these two are both good films, not great films, um, but they are of equal-ish quality. Um, and I like Escape from L.A. better because that was just more batshit insane. Um, you know what? I think there are better Arnold Schwarzenegger movies to come, so I'm going to go ahead and give Snake Plissken a shot. I'm going to go and put it with Escape from New York. Escape from New York picks up a point. John. All right, so it's probably been two decades since I've seen Escape from New York, so I had to kind of go back and refresh my memory on it. Um, and then I realized why it had been two decades since I watched it. It's not even a good film. It bored me to death. I found nothing interesting about it. Um, you're right, there are much better Arnold Schwarzenegger movies to come, but Commando has a special place in my heart. One, because I'm a big Arnold fan. Um, two, Radong Chong. She's gorgeous in that film. And three, and this is a personal one, uh, when I was in college, I spent a lot of time playing in the university steel drum band. And one of the composers for the music for Commando was Andy Norell, who was a very well-known steel drummer. And I loved the soundtrack in this movie. So for that alone, Commando gets my vote. We're tied up. Brian, it's uh, it's I'm in, I'm in kind of a weird place here because I keep finding myself agreeing with Stephen. This is not something I'm used to. Um, these are both decent movies. Neither one of them is top of the order for uh, even in the top probably top ten for either of these actors. Um, Commando. I mean, yeah, you've got um, Alyssa Milano. You've got Arnold. This is the first one where we really see Arnold doing the the the, the puns and the quips. Uh, but then you've got Kurt Russell in the quintessential Snake Plissken. <sighs> Shit, Snake Plissken. Escape from New York. Go. Escape from New York takes the lead. Michael. Brian, that looks like that pained you. <laughs> it really made you Little feel bit. bad. Yeah. Um, I I tend to take uh, John's side on this one. Uh, Escape from New York just did not really resonate with me. Uh, as I, I think I saw it when I was uh, 11 or 12, when uh, I was just getting into action movies. Uh Kurt Russell to me has much better action movies than this. Uh, big, big trouble from little China. Hell I'll take Tango and cash over escape from New York. It's, it's just that cheesy for me. Um, I think snake Plissken is a better character than John matrix with that said commando is everything I love about an eighties action movie. It's completely over the top. It has the best puns. It has the best explosions. You've got, little Alyssa Milano, you know, tugging on the heartstrings. And, you know, every day at work, I tell someone something and said, oh, remember when I told you this? I lied. Remember when I told you I'd kill you last minute? I lied. Uh, it's Commando. We are tied. Anyone feel compelled enough to use a buzzer beater to sway Chris? All right, Chris, it's up to you. I really wish someone would use a damn buzzer feeder. Um, so here's where I'm at. Uh, Commando is maybe my second favorite Schwarzenegger movie. Uh, T2 obviously is is the the 
the big one, but Commando, I love that movie because it's just it's him actually kind of being real when it comes to the the scope of his action films. It feels the closest to real Arnold Schwarzenegger. I love the Alyssa Milano in it, uh, and I pull no punches here. I love Snake Plissken. I love Escape from New York. I am not a huge fan of Escape from L.A., Stephen. I'm sorry. I, I didn't get it. Uh, I love Escape from New York. I think Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken is one of my all-time favorite cinematic characters. I think he embodies that role in a unique way. Where I'm coming down to this is here is this goes back to a conversation I had with my wife. You all didn't log in a buzzer beater, so you can't bitch and moan now. I had a conversation with my wife about which one of these would you want to see a sequel of 30 or 40 years later? And God damn it. I wouldn't, wouldn't you don't want to see a one last ride snake Pliskin movie with him one last time having to go back in New York to rescue somebody. I would watch the hell out of that. And I love snake Pliskin. Uh, I'm going to escape from New York. And that movie is endlessly rewatchable to me. And we have our potential first controversial opinion. From none other than Chris, Escape from New York is moving on. Our last matchup on this half of the bracket is RoboCop versus Top Gun. John. RoboCop is a good movie. But Top Gun is a great movie. I could not count how many times I've actually watched Top Gun. RoboCop is interesting. The whole concept, uh, you know, as a kid, the whole cool guy in a suit thing was was fun and interesting. But I watched Top Gun way more than I ever watched RoboCop. Um, so all I will say is, can Top Gun fly, Bobby? Yes, it can. Top Gun gets my vote. Top Gun taking an early lead. Brian. Um, God, this is, this is another tough one. Um, you've got, God, you got Peter Weller and Red Foreman. (laughs) (sighs) Going up against the, what is it? The CCP, I think. Mm -hmm. And 209. Yeah. CCP. Um, but you've got Top Gun. Uh, there are arguably more quintessential 80s movies than Top Gun, but I don't think there's many. I, I fucking loved RoboCop. Um, ah. Uh, Really, it comes down to one thing, I think. You've lost that love and feeling. I I got to give it to Robo. I, I, excuse, no, wait, 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 sorry. I got to <laughs> give it to Top Gun. <laughs> I almost misspoke and, and locked in the wrong answer. I, I got to give it to Top Gun. Top Gun has two. Michael. I, I, I think it should be clear by now that I'm here to provide the terrible answers to these questions. <laughs> Uh, Top Gun does nothing for me. I'm sorry. Uh, Grant, I'm, I'm a big fan of all of our armed forces. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for everything you do for us. Um, 
armed forces movies tend to bore me. Uh, Saving Private Ryan, notwithstanding, fantastic picture. Uh, I think Top Gun Maverick uh, excels Top Gun in every single way. Uh, so I'm here to talk about the virtues of RoboCop and Paul Verhoeven's insane cocaine directing. Uh, this movie represents everything excessive about the 80s with your blood and your violence. Um, and and you, you mentioned Red Foreman. Kurtwood Smith just, to me, is one of the iconic 80s villains of all time, even though not the end villain. But Clarence Boddicker, man, just a badass motherfucker and mean to death. Top Gun doesn't, doesn't have an iconic villain beyond the generic Russians. Fantastic. Uh to me, RoboCop is everything I, I love gen, genetic and excessive about the 80s. It, it is a blast and a half, and I will watch it five times before I watch Top Gun. RoboCop, not going down without a fight. Chris? Um, everything Michael said is 100% dead on balls accurate. Um, RoboCop's a wonderful movie. It's a... I think you said it. It is like it is literally like a cocaine movie. It's a, it's a it's a guy on cocaine who made a cop movie and said, "Let's make this as weird as we fucking can." Mm-hmm. It's wonderful, but there are four words that sum up why I'm picking Top Gun because we were inverted. <clears throat> Top Gun to me is it, it's it's a wonderful movie. It you don't need an antagonist. Uh, the di- di- the dynamic between uh, Iceman and Maverick and Merlin. It's it's wonderful. It really is. Um, the the this isn't fair either. But looking at the sequels, RoboCop oh, had several, but terrible. Top Gun Maverick nailed theirs. Nailed it. This is Top Gun to me. And I do feel bad because I love RoboCop. And we've got an upset. Top Gun is moving on, but we still need to hear Steven's opinion. So I'm not apoplectic at the fact that Top Gun is moving on. Because Top Gun is a wonderful film. Uh, it shows Tony Scott's directing at an incredible level. Like The entire film is shot in Magic Hour, and it looks great. Um, he only shoots sex in blue light for some reason. He's got a thing. Good for Tony Scott. But RoboCop's the better film here, guys. And, and if you don't believe me, um, RoboCop has one thing in it that you can point to to show that it's so superior. Uh, three times in it, Murphy has a flashback to a time in his life before he became RoboCop. And the flashback changes every time. Uh, it, in the first time we see it, it's very clear he and his wife are having an argument, something's broken, um, and the, the it doesn't resolve. And then when we go back the second time we flashback, uh, it's still there was an argument clearly, but he and his wife sort of bring it together and maybe the memory's changing maybe he's remembering more i think it's actually changing he's remembering it incorrectly because the third time we see it he's not getting an argument at all it's just him and his wife loving each other and that's the core of robocop what separates him from the ed 209 is he has these memories of love and humanity and there is something so deep in RoboCop that is grafted up in this awesome blood fueled shooting rapist in the dick movie that is amazing. And I would gladly pay a dollar for it to move on. But you guys picked Top Gun, so fuck you. <laughs> RoboCop not going down quietly at all. 
Top Gun's moving on. And we're on to the second half of the bracket. We've got Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome taking on Young Guns. Brian? Oh. It, dude, there's, looking at all of these, there's only been like two of them that I was like, okay, that's an easy pick. Oh, yeah, that's an easy pick. Like six out of the eight matches that we've got are fucking hard. Um, I've already sung praises of Thunderdome. But between Thunderdome and Young Guns, the movie that I've watched more, I I can't tell you how many times I watched Young Guns. Um, the the Tunstall the Tunstall uh, Cattle War, and <sighs> uh, hey Pepin, I see you got Charlie Crawford out there with you. Yeah, we got a whole bunch of bang. Hey Pepin. You ain't got Charlie Crawford out there with you no more. I William H. Bonney just when I saw that, it just resonated. I I loved those cocky, stupid little punks. Um I I don't think it's gonna be the one to, to pull it out, but I'm giving my love to young guns. Young guns picking up a point. Michael. Yeah, I, I, I have zero opinion about this. Basically, uh, Mad Max is not my favorite franchise by by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, we we already covered that. Um, I, I prefer Thunderdome to to Road Warrior. Uh, you know, if Fury Road were in this, then yeah, we'd be talking about an actual good movie. But we're not, so we'll get to the you know 2010s one day maybe. Uh, Young Guns is just. If I'm forced to choose between a dystopian society and a Western society, I will I will actively pick the Western society. Um, and you know, Charlie Sheen and Kiefer Sutherland are cowboys. Go make a movie. Bang bang, Young Guns. Young Guns takes the lead. Chris, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> this is this is how you can tell that Chris made the bracket and that he didn't take any liberties with it. Is the fact that after coming out of the Movies I don't care about bracket where it was Mad Max versus Beyond Thunderdome. I put them up against Young Guns, another movie I don't care about. Um, neither one of these movies, neither of these movies light my soul on fire. Uh, at the end of the day, I've probably seen Young Guns more, but that's more speaks to my just complete apatheticness towards Mad Max and everything the Mad Max movies are. Uh, with that being said. I feel like Mad Max is actually more of a, a better representation of an 80s action movie. Um, it's a unique take. It's not my cup of tea, but it at least is a unique take. And I'm not saying Young Guns isn't, but I think there's other Westerns that are better. Uh, give mine to Beyond Thunderdome, because at least you know what? At least that movie is still a little batshit crazy. So Beyond Thunderdome is going to get my vote. Beyond Thunderdome picking one up. Steven. Well, I'm glad you were all so passionate about Beyond Thunderdome and the way that you've defended it and will clearly champion it on to the final two. Um, but the honest God, it's more entertaining than Young Guns. I mean, like, it's crazy. It's It's got the Tina Turner song. I would rather watch that again. So, yeah, I'll go ahead and give it to Mad Max. It's wild in here. Does anyone want to use a buzzer beater on Mad Max Thunder, Beyond Thunderdome versus Young Guns? <laughs> John, take it away. It wouldn't have mattered if they'd used it. I've already made up my mind. Um, 
I like both of these movies, but in the grand scheme of things, uh, the one there's one that I would go back to more often than the other, and that's Young Guns. I just find it a lot more watchable than mo- most of the you know Fury Road aside than almost any of the Mad Max stuff. I'm about as apathetic about Mad Max as Chris is. Maybe not quite as apathetic, but uh, but between these two, I'm going Young Guns. Young Guns, moving on. Next matchup is Batman versus Predator. I think this is going to be interesting. I think it would be an interesting movie, at least yeah, what? compared to Aliens versus Predator. Brian. Oh, no, I went first on the last oh, one. You I, did. Get, oh, I, I get to go last on this motherfucker. I'm just messing up stuff here. Michael. Oh, two fantastic films. There are no, there are no losers uh, in this pick. Whoever moves on is, is well worth it. Um, I mean, you, you start with, to, to me, one of Tim Burton's seminal films. Uh, I mean, people love Michael Keaton's Batman so much, he's coming back. And, <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. You have the in batshit insane performance of Jack Nicholson, who should have been nominated for an Oscar for that year. Uh, back, back before, you know, we knew Heath Ledger was capable of such a thing. Um, you know, Kim Basinger was there. We can't say much more about that. Uh, Prince's fantastic <laughs> soundtrack. Go, li- go listen to bad dance. If you want to hear a, sh- a shitty 80s song. Um, but yeah, it's it's a wonderful picture. It was the first movie I ever owned on VHS. And I remember specifically asking for that tape in 1989. This is when they lowered the prices to like 1999. So you could own videotapes back in the day. And I remember specifically asking for that movie. And my parents let me unwrap one present on Christmas Eve. And they directly picked, open that one so, they, so I would be occupied for the Christmas Eve and not bother the adults. Um, with that said, Predator is... One one of the best Arnold performances ever. It's just the definition of an insane 80s movie with the definition of an insane 80s villain that is unbeatable. You have Arnold finally meeting his match. Um, you have Jesse Ventura de- declaring he ain't got time to bleed. And damn, if that ain't the 80s, uh, I'll pick Predator. Predator picks up a point. Chris? Like everyone knows where I'm going with this, so there's no use in hiding it here. Um, There is a run of comics where it is the Predator versus Batman. There is a comic book run of Predator versus Batman. Um, If I remember reading that when I was younger, uh, it kind of went down to the wire, but Batman obviously won. And it's no secret here. That's how how this is going to come down to as well. Uh, The Batman movie, at the end of the day, is not, not only to me a better film, uh, it has more memorable performances, not just Jack Nicholson's Joker, but Michael Keaton as Batman proving all the pre-internet trolls wrong. It was a wonderful movie, but it also means a lot more to cinema as a whole because we don't get where we are in cinema right now without that Batman movie landing as hard as it did. As campy as it looks right now, that was dark and brooding at the time. That wasn't that wasn't the Superman movie from the 70s. It wasn't all bright and shiny. It was a dark take on a superhero character, and it was wonderful. Uh, Predator, I have nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a wonderful film. I love watching it. If it's on TV, I might even stop and watch it again, but it's not Batman. Batman gets my vote. We're tied up. Steven. 
I thank the Lord Almighty above that I didn't have to either lead this off or finish this off, uh, because this one hurts me. Um, both of these films are extremely important to the not quite grown up man I've become today. Um, because I've watched these films, I would say both of them exceed a dozen watches. Uh, I'm not even trying to be hyperbolic. I'm trying to give you a real estimation of how many times I've watched fucking predator and how many times I've watched Batman 89. Um, they, and by the way, uh, Batman has fought the predator on three separate occasions. Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I got a one up on you. So that's good for me. Oh God. Um, I mean, only one of these films launched the political career of two future governors. So there's something for it. Um, (laughs) <laughs> Batman 89 will always have a place in my heart. I'm I'm sitting two feet away from my uh, Lego Batmobile here from Batman 89, which is right underneath my Lego Batwing from Batman 1989. But honestly, better films, Predator. Uh, I'm sorry. It hurts me to say it, but Predator is just a better thought out film. Um, so I guess the vote. It better hurt you to say it. Predator takes the lead. John. So this is the first one that I think is legitimately a hard decision. It's uh, Both of these movies are seminal in my childhood. Batman is the first film that I actually remember seeing in the theater. Seeing it with my father and my brother and my sister. Um, and I, it started a love for comics. The first comic I ever bought was the graphic novelization of this film. Uh, It kicked off a whole uh, love of comic books for me. Um, Predator is probably my favorite Arnold movie. It's one I can watch it at any point if it was on TV. If, if 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 I turned it on and only the last 10 minutes were on, I would still stop to watch the last 10 minutes. Um... The action is really what it's going to come down to. and But in the action in Batman versus the action in Predator, to me, there is a clear winner. Uh, and I have six words for you. I'm a sexual goddamn... Se- I'm a, oh, fuck, I fucked it up. <laughs> I'm going to do it again. Fuck y'all. That's like nine words. I'm a goddamn sexual Tyrannosaurus. Predator gets the vote. Predator will be moving on. But Brian... We still want to know what you have to say. This town needs an enema. Lawrence? (laughs) (sighs) This is, yeah, this this was a legitimately hard decision. Probably the hardest of the the night. Of all of the ones that we've got, that we had to make this choice. Uh, These are two of the big classics. Um... I could have gone either way, but my vote doesn't matter. So for that reason, I'm going to go ahead and vote for Batman because uh, Bat Dance was a little weird, but it's it's Prince. It's yeah, it's <laughs> Party Man is a much uh, better song. Yeah, Batman's my vote. Predator is moving on. Batman picks up two. And you all have taught me something. I didn't even know Batman vs. Predator was a thing. <laughs> Apparently three just, times. Just goes to show how much I know. Uh, 
our penultimate matchup of the Sweet 16 of the action portion of this bracket is Die Hard taking on Above the Law. Chris. <laughs> Die Hard. <laughs> Steven. Okay, real quick. Um, because it's here, uh, Above the Law, Steven Seagal, just look up Haikido versus any other martial art because it's not a real martial art it's just like a fancy thing for movies and like your other opponent has to know exactly what they're doing like they have to hold their arm out so you can throw them right to everything but every now and then there's an asshole that thinks it's a real martial art google haikido versus anything put that in the youtube just to watch an idiot get his ass kicked it'll be far more entertaining than above the law Die Hard gets the vote john yeah, this is this isn't even a question. How how this above the law even made it on the bracket is beyond me. Uh, it's it, there's only one Steven Seagal movie that I can even tolerate, and it wasn't from the '80s, so it wasn't going to be on this bracket. It's Die Hard. Brian. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I, 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 I've, I, I haven't actually met Leah, but I don't want to say this. I, 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 I say this tongue in cheek, Chris. Who sucked your dick to get Steven Seagal onto the bracket? Um, Putin. (laughs) So, yeah, if I'm forced to watch a Steven Seagal movie, the only one that is marginally okay because of the rest of the cast and not him is Under Siege. Give me Gary Busey and Tommy Lee Jones and Erica Aleniak, please. Uh, but yeah, this is this is a no-brainer, instant kill. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker, indeed. It's Die Hard. Michael, you going to put an end to Above the Law? Oh, most, most surely. This is the most irrelevant conversation in the history of 80s movies conversations. Uh, I will have much, much more to say about Die Hard as it advances in this tournament. Uh, go on and push it past uh, Fuck You, Seagal. Above the law, had no place here. Diehards moving on. And our last matchup of the Sweet 16 in the action bracket is They Live versus Highlander. Steven. This is another kind of hard one for me. Um, Fortunately, even though I do love both of these films, there is one that's clearly like a better film, just objectively. Um, So I just want to say a quick note about Highlander before I vote against it. Uh, People will try to tell you that it's okay Sean Connery has a Scottish accent because Ramirez isn't actually Spanish, to which I say you're correct. He's supposed to be fucking Egyptian, so the Scottish accent still does not make any sense. It's a fun movie. It's a great movie. The uh, like broadsword that you assemble, like that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in a film. Uh, no, They Live is a great film. Roddy Roddy Piper is amazing in it. And I die a little bit inside everyone times to tell me that I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum is from Duke Nukem. Oh, no. They Live picks up a point. John. So this would be tough. Uh, not because I like either of these films. I, I don't. I don't like either of them. I don't think either of them are particularly that great. Um, but... Uh, one of these films is my wife's favorite film, uh, and I will be kicked out of the house if I don't at least vote for it. So it does not matter what my opinion is. Uh, it's Highlander. Highlander picks up a point. Brian. So, again, tough choices. Um, I love Roddy Roddy Piper. 
I love Keith David. And I love that Family Guy did an entire that they they completely shot for shot recreated their alleyway fight between Peter Griffin and the chicken. And the whole freaking thing, like five minutes of the episode was the was this one fight. And it was epic. And I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. But I can't help but feel like the entire movie of They Live was an one was was a setup. The entire movie going all the way through it for the last scene where he knocks out the thing, he knocks out the the thing, the, the disguise thing, and we can all see all the aliens. And here is a here is an alien having sex riding on top of the guy, and the guy looks up and sees the alien alien face and screams, and the alien looks down at him and goes, "What?" I swear, the whole movie was just a setup for that joke. Um, plus Highlander, it's Mr. Nash. So pfft, it's Highlander. Duh. Highlander takes a lead. Michael. Um, with, I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet with all due respect to Sean Connery and Christopher Lambert. Highlander doesn't really mean much to me. And I cannot call myself a wrestling fan and face my friends. If I do not vote for the majesty that is Rowdy Roderick Proops. Uh, to me, they live is, is Carpenter at, one of his most excessive mind trip of a movies and it's fantastic. I'll take they live. We are tied up and this decision is going to be left to Chris. Does anyone want to try to sway him? Yes. All right, Brian, take that buzzer beater. Oh shit. And now I gotta actually talk anything <laughs> out. <laughs> like, you, got wait, 30, wait. you got 30 seconds on the clock. Damn it. All right, Chris. Um, there's only one movie where, You've got sword fights. You've got the quickening. You've got them going toe to toe in a fucking car, in a parking garage with swords and lightning. And holy shit, just the, 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 the sword fighting and uh, Clancy Brown as the fucking villain where he's, he jumps somebody's car and he hears the old company leans over and looks at her and goes, mom and then drives off with her screaming highlander is the better fucking movie here chris have you been swayed we had an old old podcast here on the ptebb network called recast that and one day i was talking with mario and with mike and i said you know what what movie should we do next and we, we couldn't really come to a decision on which one we wanted to do and i kind of said like let's let's just do a movie that literally nobody wants to see remade but let's find a new way to do it. Let's find a new way to make this movie wonderful. And so I, they said, well, what, movie, what movie is so bad that literally if you remade it, it would have to be a complete turn on its head for it to be a good movie? And I threw out there, stop or my mom will shoot. Because <laughs> nobody wants to stop my mom will shoot. And so what we do at Recast, that is we go through, we each kind of, we each picked out a, a, a group of people together. You put them together. This is the mom. This is the, the, the son or daughter. We did a gender swap version and a regular. So we had a gender swap where it was a dad and a daughter and a regular. And my pick actually won both. So my pick for the regular version where it was a male lead and a female mom was John Cena as the main character and then Kathy Bates as his mother. You would all watch that movie. Don't lie and say you wouldn't. For the gender swap version, 
this was my favorite. I had Taraji P. Henson as the lead. And I have had him in my head for a good 15 years. I won't forget his name. Keith David as the father. I There is no flipping reason that They Live should be as good as it is. There is none. Aside from the guy behind the camera, that's it. Uh, Keith David is phenomenal. Roddy Roddy Piper is wonderful. I love that movie so much. I actually, like, my wife's like, I've never even heard of that. So today when we were home, we literally just put on clip after clip on YouTube of They Live. It is that wonderful. Um, the ending, Brian, you're not too far off. Like, I do feel like they're kind of working their way to it. It was kind of the smoking gun, but I'm sorry. I got to go They Live just because there's there is zero reason for it to be that good. They Live gets my vote. Buzzer beaters shut down. They live (laughs) moves on. And we have the elite eight for the action portion of the best eighties movie bracket. On our next episode, we're going to have aliens going up against the living daylights escape from New York, taking on top gun young guns against predator and die hard facing down. They live. And I'm going to pass it on over to Chris to wrap it up hey everybody so this is uh first off i hope our panelists had a lot of fun tonight because i legitimately did i will talk 80s movies for the for the rest of my days on this earth hopefully there's many of those and not few but no matter what we're having a good time if you enjoy the content that we bring you on a regular basis and you want to support what we do here at the boozy bracketology podcast uh, and you've got the financial means to do so if you don't have the financial means to do so i get it don't stress it but head on over to patreon.com slash ptebb that's your home uh, for our not only our bonus content, but for those that like supporting what we do, that's the best place to do it. If you can't afford to support right now, I get it. We've all been there. We've all had tough times. Do me a favor. Five-star rating. Write us a review. Have us on in the car with friends, preferably friends or kids that are older than like 18. Uh, we we aren't suitable for elementary school kids and middle school kids. Uh, but you know what? You've had enough of me. Check the show notes for the rest of our information. I'm going to pass it back to Marissa. Yeah, and then I just want to let you know, uh, Jeff has made it easier for everyone to access the lounge. Fans of uh, Pete of Boozy Bracketology and Pub Trivia Experience, you can head uh, go over to uh, ptebb.com slash the lounge, and it'll take you right there instead of having to search us in Facebook. Um, well, I've been your host. I am Marissa. I hope you join us for the next portion of this bracket where we crown our champion in the action section of the best 80s movie bracket um i've been marissa i've been steven was i ever really john uh, yes, one of were. two michael turners <laughs> <laughs> i'm brian oh and i'm chris have a great night everyone bye